Hello, and welcome to the December 2019 Respiratory Care Podcast. The Editor's Choice for December is a study on non-invasive ventilation device-related pressure injuries in children by Latterbaugh and colleagues. They performed a retrospective review of 225 subjects with 343 episodes of NIV use and found pressure injuries in 7% of cases. Characteristics associated with pressure injuries included older age, maximum leak, maximum inspiratory pressure, and NIV duration. Multivariate analysis identified excessive mask leak as the primary factor associated with pressure injury. Vischer contributes an accompanying editorial that describes some advanced techniques for assessing mask fit and reducing pressure injury. Both author and editorialist agree that reducing leaks through improved mask fit is a key to reducing injuries. Children requiring home mechanical ventilation and admitted to the hospital for exacerbations of their illness are at risk for poor outcomes. Kuhn et al. retrospectively evaluated rapid response and code events and found that these events were two to six times more frequent in subjects admitted following ventilation at home. Children preparing for initial hospital discharge had the most frequent events. Ventilator setting adjustments and tracheostomy-related interventions were the most prevalent interventions. Lopez, Domowicz, and Chevitz comment that this population continues to increase and represents a significant financial burden to the healthcare system. They encourage further research to identify methods to reduce readmissions and control costs. Camerata and others describe the use of diaphragmatic ultrasound in the emergency department to evaluate response to non-invasive ventilation. Diaphragmatic excursion, thickness, and thickening fraction have been suggested as predictors of early NIV failure. In 22 subjects, they found that diaphragmatic excursion was greater in NIV success than NIV failure, while diaphragmatic thickness and thickening fraction were similar. Saki and Lagi comment that while ultrasound may be helpful in determining NIV success, NIV failure has many components, including interface intolerance, deterioration in hemodynamics, and psychological distress. They astutely note that few endeavors in critical care are more dependent on the caregiver's diagnostic acumen and individualized care than the care of COPD subjects requiring non-invasive ventilation. Lou et al. described lung aeration in subjects supported with venovenous extracorporeal membrane oxygenation. In a retrospective study of 50 subjects, they report that the lung ultrasound aeration score increased during VV ECMO and survivals compared to non-survivors. They concluded that there was a significant improvement in lung aeration in survivors, while severe loss of lung aeration persisted in non-survivors. These data suggest a role for the use of ultrasound in monitoring patients requiring VV ECMO. These papers continue to show that the use of ultrasound in critical care is a growing field and something the respiratory therapist should be familiar with and perhaps eventually be trained to use to help monitor patients in mechanical ventilation and on ECMO. Expiratory flow limitation represents a classic pathophysiologic finding in COPD. Froelich and others describe tidal flow volume loop and enveloping occurring in COPD subjects at rest and during exercise. In 37 COPD subjects, they reported that the tidal flow volume loop enveloping at rest was associated with increased dyspnea burden and exercise intolerance. They suggest monitoring could be used to determine functional assessments in COPD subjects. Kuhn, Cambastad, and colleagues provide a four-year perspective study evaluating unplanned extubations in the neonatal ICU. They identified 134 unplanned extubation events, after, of which half subjects were given a trial of extubation, with 63% remaining extubated. CPR was required in 13% of subjects 
post unplanned extubation. And following reintubation, subjects required higher airway pressures and oxygen requirements. In subjects requiring CPR, development of sepsis was significantly increased. Agitation was the most common known cause of unplanned extubation. Sarhan Al described the use of a holding chamber designed for use with a mesh nebulizer during oxygen supplementation. This bench evaluation measured particle size and inhaled subject evaluation assessing aerosol delivery by using urinary salbutamol levels. They reported that holding chamber use increased the total inhalable dose as determined by urinary salbutamol. Addition of oxygen to the holding chamber reduced aerosol delivery. Pezzianato Forti and colleagues evaluated the use of inspiratory exercises with linear and nonlinear loads on the diaphragm dysfunction and atelectasis in a group of postoperative subjects following bariatric sur surgery for morbid obesity. On the second postoperative day, nasal inspiratory pressure and sustained maximal inspiratory pressure measurements were determined in the degree of atelectasis on radiograph evaluated. They report that both groups were able to maintain respiratory muscle endurance after bariatric surgery and that inspiratory muscle exercise reduced atelectasis. Zampagna and others studied a pulmonary rehabilitation program in subjects with asthma. They retrospectively reviewed a three-week pulmonary rehabilitation program that included educational support, endurance training, respiratory exercises, and airway clearance techniques. In over 500 subjects, they measured exercise tolerance, asthma severity, oxygen saturation, and six-minute walk distance. They found that subjects at any genus step seemed to benefit from pulmonary rehabilitation program with younger subjects, those with a smoking history and poor baseline exercise performance deriving the most benefit. Pulmonary embolism is a common complication in patients with an exacerbation of COPD. Fik Hassan et al. determined that the incidence, risk factors, and impact of pulmonary embolism during COPD exacerbation requiring mechanical ventilation. In a cohort of 131 COPD subjects admitted to the ICU, the incidence of pulmonary embolus was 14%. They concluded that pulmonary embolus was a common etiology of COPD exacerbation leading to high mortality. Age, invasive mechanical ventilation, and immobilization were identified as the primary risk factors for pulmonary embolus. Breilischer and colleagues evaluated the impact of subject position on aerosol deposition. In healthy volunteers, they measured regional lung deposition in the sitting and lateral decupitus position using radio-labeled aerosol. They report that the total amount of drug delivered to the lungs decreased in the left lateral decupitus posture. Deposition of the particles in the dependent lung was not improved by the lateral decupitus posture. Cheb and others report their experience providing ventilatory support in the ICU and subjects with obesity hypoventilation syndrome. They performed a retrospective study of OHS in four ICUs over a four-year period. They identified 115 subjects with obesity hypoventilation syndrome of whom 37 required ICU admission and 36 of these received non-invasive ventilation. Non-invasive ventilation was successful in 33 subjects and ICU mortality was low, only 3%. They concluded that hypoxic respiratory failure in subjects with OHS is fairly responsive to non-invasive ventilation. Dawood et al. used a lung model to evaluate the accuracy of respiratory mechanics displayed by a ventilator in both active and passive conditions. Using respiratory mechanics to simulate normal COPD and ARDS patients, they altered simulated muscle pressure from zero to minus 15 centimeters of water pressure. Automated dynamic calculations of compliance and resistance were then compared based on the clinical scenarios. 
They found that automated displayed calculations of respiratory mechanics were not dependable or active, accurate in the active breathing conditions, while the calculations improved in passive scenarios. Mart, Brummel, and Ely provide a paper about the ABCDEF bundle for the respiratory therapists. This paper is based on the Egan lecture delivered by Wes Ely at the 2018 American Association for Respiratory Care conference. The ABCDEF bundle is a multidisciplinary evidence-based approach to the holistic management of critically ill patients that aims to optimize patient recovery, minimize iatrogenesis, and engage and empower the patient and family during the hospitalization. The use of this bundle has been associated with significant reductions in ventilation time and ICU time and is a critical component of our care for patients in the future. Scully and others provide a paper on home oxygen therapy for patients with COPD entitled Time for a Reboot. This is based on Dr. Krishnan's presentation at the AARC of the PETI lecture. The use of home oxygen therapy to improve outcomes in patients with COPD is based on studies from the early 1980s. This paper looks closely at the Sherlock Consortium, a multi-stakeholder group established following the publication of the COPD National Action Plan in 2017 and provides some interim results of the Sherlock findings. Finally, Capodoro and others provide a narrative review on non-pharmacologic interventions to prevent ventilator-associated pneumonia. This paper reviews a series of techniques that are provided typically as a VAP bundle, including avoiding intubation through the use of non-invasive ventilation, avoiding reintubation whenever possible, head of bed elevation, hand hygiene, shortening ventilation time through sedation interruption, and daily spontaneous breathing trials. However, there are also other discussions related to specialty endotracheal tubes, subglottic secretion drainings, special coated tubes, special shaped cuffs, and this review looks at these individual components to determine if they have any evidence base. We appreciate your attention to the Respiratory Care Podcast and hope you continue to join us. Thank you. To receive the content of this and past issues of the journal, visit our website at www.rcjournal.com. There you can also subscribe to receive podcasts of future issues.